right, Chloe Riley, executive editor of Supermarket News, and uh, you're listening to SN Off the Shelf. Uh, I'm here with my colleague, Sam Okus, uh, editor-in-chief of Nation's Restaurant News, and uh, we're looking at some food service at retail uh, stuff. Uh, so FMI just came out with a recent study. Uh, Sam, and there's been a, there's a couple interesting data points in there. Um, one is, uh, you know, perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, that, you know, meal planning has increased uh, or, you know, meal planning and meal creation has increased. Uh, grocery shoppers polled, you know, 21 percent say they prepare seven or more dinners at home per week, which I'm not sure how they could prepare more than seven because there's only seven days. But maybe they have how many multi- dinners are they eating? <laughs> there's dinner, there's second dinner, there's 11 Z's, 11 p.m. Z's. Does this mean that um, they're eating zero dinners at restaurants? Wow, we should be concerned. <laughs> You should be very, very concerned. Um, so yes, 21% are preparing seven, at least seven dinners at home per week. That's up from 16% in 2021. Um, and then it also looks like uh, we got a statistic about deli prepared food, food sales was a total of $31.3 billion, uh, for the 52 weeks ending in August 27th. And that looks like it's up 19% from the pre-pandemic 2019 period. Uh, so yeah, it just, people are cooking at home is I think the bottom line, Sam, is that, uh, what, what do you think of that? And what, what, is that kind of, are you, is our restaurants tiers worried about that or what are you guys seeing over on your end? Yeah, I think that it's, it's always concerning. Restaurateurs are always concerned about the competition with grocery. Um, they have to worry about competition with each other, but they have to worry about competition with grocery because the first decision the customer makes when they're hungry is not which restaurant am I going to? But am I going to make my own food or eat at a restaurant? And if I'm going to make my own food, then I'm likely getting that food at the grocery store. So, you know, that's the first competition that restaurants and, and retail are, are facing is how do I get the customer to decide to either prepare food at home or to go out to a restaurant or pick up from a restaurant and get delivery? So it's definitely concerning to hear that increasingly that decision is being made to do food from retail. But it is a, it's not surprising. I mean... Uh, when you consider it was going the opposite direction pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, you know, there was it was definitely more like a 50-50 split retail and grocery. Increasingly, we were seeing the trend of dining away from home. Uh, pandemic forced everything to basically be 100% dine at home. And it seems like these numbers would suggest that that's, that's lingering into a post-pandemic time that People are not getting out and eating out. I mean, look, COVID's still around, so you're going to have people who are concerned about, um, you know, getting sick. I can tell you as the father of small children, not only is COVID still out there, but we're really rediscovering all the other germs. And so, you know, you still want to try to limit how much you're out there with strangers. Um, and, and so people are just staying at home. But also, I think, you know, a, a restaurant in the restaurant industry, this is um, something that's talked about a lot now, which is just like that whole Netflix and chill generation that really got ramped up during the pandemic, everybody staying at home, you know, that's what restaurateurs are really facing right now is like, we have to get people who want to just stay at home at night and watch and binge TV. We got to get them to do delivery instead of prepare their own meals. So I think the data seems to suggest that they're, they're preparing their own meals. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I was just going to ask you about that too. Is that, I mean, I feel like restaurants where they were oddly shining, shining is probably the wrong word maybe, but, uh, you know, during the pandemic, obviously it was only pickup only, you know, only to go only delivery. Um, and you know, and that those restaurants who could really pull that off were thriving, you know, and now it feels like 
what does delivery look like? Um, I'm curious because I mean, like another, uh, we're doing a story on meal kits right now and that that has just been booming, you know, at supermarket delis, you know, like people being able to pick up meal kits, uh, you know, like I think Rachel Ray has got meal kits, Blue Apron, you know, moved over some of their, uh, you know, subscription meal kits to grocery so that you can just pick up, uh, you know, like a Blue Apron and do that on your own. Um, but yeah, well, how does, do restaurants still see, you know, um, takeout delivery as viable? Are they trying to grow those areas still? 100%. I mean, that, those, those channels have, have really lingered post pandemic in that, you know, you saw fast food restaurants that were doing maybe 60 to 70% drive through business pre pandemic are doing like 80 to 90% business through the drive-through post-pandemic. Across the board, delivery is a major part of restaurant operations where it may have been a relatively niche part of restaurant operations. A lot of the restaurants that were not on DoorDash before or the other um, third-party delivery services have stayed even when they don't need them, you know, quote unquote, um, in a post-pandemic world when their doors are open and you can eat inside the four walls. And so what we've what restaurants have discovered is there's still demand for off-premises service, whether that's delivery, takeout, or whatever. But you know, that's true of full service as much as it is quick service, fast food. Um, because uh, I think the, the the word that comes to mind here, the, the real thing that we can learn from all of this is that convenience is king. You know, convenience is, um, and it, it's defined different ways by different people. Like the, the concept of convenience might mean something different to, you know, person over here than this person over here. But in the pandemic, what happened was suddenly all the restaurants in particular had to flock to technology-driven channels like delivery or order ahead and customers discovered, oh, I have the easiest access to food I have ever had. I can push a button and it's either going to be brought to me or I can just roll right up and it's ready to go. And when they discovered that they now have that convenience, they do not want to give that up. So even though customers are eating out in restaurants again, and in the restaurant industry, we're certainly seeing demand for dine-in, um, you know, experiential restaurants are taking off again. Full service is actually doing really well because the theory is, People just want to get out of their house. The truth is, even though, yes, they want to get out of their house once in a while, they're also mostly staying home still because they can have everything really at the touch of a button. And so that obviously affects um, these meal kits and prepared meals from grocery, because if grocery can compete on the convenience side of things, well, then suddenly it's, you know, this is a ball game. You're you're talking about grocery competing with restaurants, simply not, not necessarily on quality of food, not necessarily on time spent in your house, either preparing your food or just eating your food, but on just the convenience of access to food. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the convenience is so real, obviously now more than ever. Um, I was going to ask you, what about, uh, you know, uh, in terms of people's behaviors, anything weird that's coming to mind, you know, when you're talking to restaurateurs, like any patterns that you've seen shift, like, I know I can think of a couple of different areas. Uh, this is not necessarily restaurant related, but bars, you know, uh, like I live close to the Chicagoland area. There is not a bar anywhere in, in the Chicagoland area now that's open past like midnight, maybe like 11 PM. And these are bars that used to be open, do business till three, four in the morning. Uh, a, a friend of mine is uh, an actress and she's saying that now their most popular shows are matinees that used to be complete snooze fest seniors everybody's going to matinees and now it's the 7 30 p.m 
Friday night shows that's like, you know, there's a handful of people, the audience isn't as gay, isn't as engaged. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what's the equivalent of that? Is there equivalent of that with restaurants? Are they finding that they have to shift behavior, you know, shift hours, shift, you know, offerings based on people's behaviors? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. I mean, for starters, and these these two things that come to mind really are kind of unrelated, but everything's kind of related in a way. The first thing is labor. So the hours are partly having to shift because of the lack of labor. I mean, restaurants are really struggling to hire right now. I know that's true in retail too. Everybody's struggling to hire, but restaurants, um, you know, we, we have seen that there is a broad downsizing of operational hours, partly because they can't staff um, the hours that they want to be open. So that's part of it. But the other part, and more to your point, is I really think that, you know, the work from home evolution, that another thing that just got really supercharged during the pandemic, that's changed people's livelihoods. Because all of a sudden, if you're working at home, even if you're working at home just a couple days a week, if you're at a hybrid point where you go into the city or wherever you work a couple days and you stay home a couple of days, it's going to change how you engage with your surroundings. Suddenly, you know, I think in my case and in your case, you know, we live in suburbs and, you know, whereas previously we might have gone into a city to work, well, now we're in the suburbs. And so suddenly the restaurants in my immediate area in the suburbs are my my uh, lunch decision and my dinner decision or the grocery store in my neighborhood versus the prepared foods and the food service downtown, right? So that behavior alone is changing how people are interacting with food businesses. Um, and I think that might have a trickle effect, right? Because like that might affect your other uh, habits. If you're working from home, well, maybe you have you don't have a typical nine to five. Maybe you're working, you know, hybrid hours. Maybe you're working at nights now because what does it matter? You're not going into the office. Okay, well, if you're not go- if you're if you're maybe not working during the day, you're working a little bit more at night. Well, maybe you have time for a matinee. You have time to go to the grocery store in the middle of the day. I just think that's having a bigger shift, a b- having a bigger effect on people's livelihoods than maybe we even realized it did. And again, like that, that sort of downtown and suburban thing, especially we saw this huge flock to the suburbs of the pandemic. All the restaurants wanted to have the best real estate in the suburbs because they're like, that's nobody's going downtown right now. Will they ever again? Well, now we see the opposite happening, happening, you know, suddenly urban real estate's cheaper than it used to be. People are going back to the office, at least temporarily. So we're seeing urbanization of restaurants become a thing again. And, and, you know, all the things that go with that catering becomes more popular because office buildings are full again. Um, You know, but, you know, simultaneously drive-throughs big in the suburbs, people want to all everyone want to drive through. So it's, there's not one thing that's happening here. That's like a clear behavior. I think it's just the smorgasbord of changes to people's livelihoods that are having those effects on, you know, where are they at what time of the day? Yeah. And uh, that shift is affecting grocery too, uh, because uh, to your point, uh, you might not even leave your house to go to the grocery store to get X. Uh, You know, we saw um, breakfast bakery took a hit during the pandemic and now even on the tail end here as well, uh, it's just starting to recover. But for the exact same reason uh, that people, even the habit of going to the grocery store, grabbing a pastry, grabbing a coffee, uh, even that step you know, many people weren't taking. Um, and so, yeah, to your point, it's, uh, uh, you know, I think it's, we hope that it's, it seems at least for grocery, for breakfast bakery, for instance, you know, we're starting to see some of that come back. Um, but is it going to come back, you know, to the place that it once was, uh, is, you know, kind of a question that still remains. 
Yeah. And I think the, you know, the takeaway is to just understand that we made these big proclamations early in the pandemic. To your point, breakfast in the restaurant industry, we're like, breakfast is dead. You know, long live the other day parts, right? Because it was like, uh, oh, nobody's going to go downtown to work anymore. That's done, right? Like we, you know, again, these big proclamations that are silly in hindsight. But if people are not driving to the office, the theory goes, well, they're not swinging through Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons or Krispy Kreme for breakfast. They're going to do coffee at home. That was the guess. Breakfast has really surged back for restaurants, too, not only because, yes, our behavior is returned to more or less normal, um, but also because people wanted to treat themselves in the morning. Right. So I guess, again, the takeaway here is not that anything is going to be any one thing. It's mostly just to say um, people are just sort of curating their lifestyles in ways that the, the that COVID deeply impacted. And they're curating their lifestyles around some habits that they didn't previously used to have. And so there's opportunities for both retail and restaurants that didn't used to be there before. Um, so that's, I think that's the takeaway here is that, you know, the people's eating habits are all kind of all over the map now, but that opens up doors for businesses to try to serve them in different places. Right. Well, you heard it here first. Breakfast is not dead. Breakfast and- is not dead. Um, we should all be paying more attention, both on the retail and restaurant side, uh, you know, to these opportunities, to these patterns. And uh, instead of fighting them, it seems like we should be paying attention to where they're pointing us. Totally. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time, Sam. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Chloe. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait, can't wait to have you back.